You're listening to Where Do We Grow From Here, the podcast that shares stories, strategies, and ideas to navigate life's challenges and come out stronger on the other side. (laughs) All right, I am here today with a good friend of mine and loan officer for Capstone Direct, used to be Mackenzie Wise, now Mackenzie McGill. Double Mick. I know, that's a wonderful name, Mackenzie McGill. Do they just call you? You know, they just can't, still kind of the same variations. Ken's, Kenzie. Those things can stick. Mac, you you have gone by Mac. Thank you for being here and thank you for being part of this. As we talked about this and getting together, I'm curious of your story and letting people know your story of (laughs) struggling with. with anxiety, how you've managed that, that's been kind of a, a theme for you through the years that I've known you at least. And I think you've navigated that well, from my experience at least. Tell me, do you remember the first time you ever kind of felt like, oh, this this is this is something different? Hmm. So I started in middle school having these, I think when I started realizing it was anxiety was when my response was so over the top for the actual thing that I was experiencing. So something as small as forgetting my homework and not bringing it to school to turn in on time would make me just lose it. And I was, I couldn't stop crying. And I had these feelings of, oh man, like I, there's something wrong with me. Hmm. A lot of shame that I'm now finally realizing was shame. Um, And so that was probably the earliest, but all of my childhood, I was really high strung, um, in some ways, like very, that was positive because I was really organized, responsible. Yeah. Um, but then in other ways, I was just worrying all the time. And, you know, if my parents were late from later than they said they were going to be home, I was worried they got in a car accident. Or whenever they traveled on a plane, I'd be worried that it was going to crash. And so I always knew there was something different about me than my brothers or my parents and a lot of my friends. Okay. Did you, do you, does anybody else in your house or growing up, did they think that way or no? No, they, no one in my family has really experienced anything like this aside from my mom's mom suffered from depression for several years and has just been on medication since she started experiencing symptoms. And even today in her eighties is on the medication still and happy with that dosage. Hmm. So yeah, I think the hard part about it was being raised in a a Baptist church. I the messages I was telling myself and was getting from church and and parents and friends even was don't worry. Like the Bible says not to worry. Yeah. Jesus says not to worry. So I thought I was being bad so for worrying. It's so it's actually you're sinful for being anxious about things as opposed to just Totally. Like being I don't anxious. have enough faith. Huh. I don't have enough, I don't have good enough faith. What as a middle school or a junior higher, what did you do with that? How did you? Yeah, it's that? it's harder to articulate from then. I think then it just made me feel sad. I couldn't say, "Oh, I feel like I'm being a bad Christian." I just was sad and would cry and try to pray through it or try to remember the Bible verses that people would tell me. Um, it didn't really seem that helpful. Um, there was one Bible verse that I remember feeling helpful that said, um, no temptation 
has overtaken you except that which is common to man. And so I knew, like, okay, at least other people like struggle with this or yeah. at least like it's not going to overwhelm me or overtake me. Um, but yeah, I kind of just lived with it, I guess. Okay. Yeah. And just thought this is how the world works and this is mm-hmm. kind of normal. Yeah. Yeah. Didn't really know any other way. Yeah. You're, you're very outgoing. I mean, my experience of you is you're very outgoing, very gregarious and involved with people in those, in that, was it very isolating or were you, did you carry that on your own or did you share that with your family or? You know, I think I pushed it down until I couldn't anymore. So it was when those little incidents would spark, a, I guess what would maybe be a panic attack or even just a crying episode then, um, I would just kind of run to my parents and crying and not really being able to explain what was going on. Yeah. So it was, I was more confused about mm. it and really just kept myself busy. Okay. Um, not consciously avoiding anything, but that's just the pace of my family was so fast. And so there wasn't really enough time to sit with any of it or think through it. I just, you know, I took up volleyball. I was in youth group. I did school and then volleyball and then, Awana or youth group and then did my homework and went to bed, woke up, did it all again. So it wasn't really until after college, starting my first full-time job that the anxiety came back or at least the symptoms of that anxiety started to come back. Okay. Tell me, tell me a little bit about that. So, so you managed it through high school and, Mm -hmm. and most of college. Yeah. Yeah. And really when I think back to high school and college, I don't remember ever having downtime. Like I Okay, so it was just go go go. I think it was just go 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 the whole time so I didn't I was it was hiding behind all of that. Hmm. Um and then my first year as an RD at Point Loma where we worked together, um that was the first time I had started to have a little bit more downtime. Ironically, my first full-time job, um, but grad school was coming to an end, so I had less on my plate then. A lot of my friends had started moving away from college, and so I didn't have as much, you know, social stuff on the calendar and still getting to know people at church. And it would be after a long day of hanging out with people, a long day of doing work and whatever I was doing that day, and when I would get in bed, it was like my body would just start shaking. And Mm. um, I remember the first time I called Kaylee, who was our coworker at the time, and said, I think I'm having a panic attack. Like, my feet and hands are tingling. Um, It's really hard to breathe. I feel shaky. And I'm, like, on the verge of just, like, a huge amount of tears. Yeah. Can you come over? And there's not good reason for it? There's No reason. Like, I had had a great day. I had dinner with a friend. I had hung out with my RA team um, the whole day for our fun day. Um, But it really was like, go, go, go. And then as soon as I got in bed that night by myself, just those feelings started to come. Hmm. And it was confusing. I didn't really know why it was happening. Yeah. And which... Yeah, that that feedback, you get some weird feedback from your body that doesn't yeah. connect to what's actually happening, and right. it, it doesn't make sense. And a lot of people end up in the ER because of it, because totally. they think they're having a heart attack, or they're dying. or they're... And that's where I ended up eventually. It was, okay. well, obviously not dying, yeah. but feeling like I was dying. And after 
probably a month of just having so many panic attacks weekend after weekend and sometimes multiple in a day. I was just like, I can't do this anymore. Yeah. I'm sick. Um, so my friend drove me to the ER and we got some medication and that's when they said, you need to start seeing a doctor for this. And okay. so started pursuing longer term meds and therapy. Okay. So anti-anxiety medication yes. and mm-hmm. therapy. Yes. Um, helpful, not helpful. What worked, what didn't work for you? Yeah, so it's really interesting. At So it, um, that was three years ago. I started taking Lexapro, a really low dosage. And after about a month, I saw the results that started to kick in. I felt more stable, at least. Okay. And then started going to therapy. Um, and I thought it was all really helpful because I started seeing symptoms go away. But it wasn't until this past November after I got married that I realized, oh, I think that was another round of kind of just checking boxes off and thinking I was getting better, Hmm. but actually not addressing the deepest parts of the issues. Okay. And so, um, it was helpful. It's what I knew. My family was convinced it was purely medical. And so once I was feeling stable on the meds, I think I just felt like, oh, that's all I need to do is just get on medication. Um, and then in this last year, there's been so much change. There was moving off campus for the first time in eight years. There was starting a new job, getting married, buying a house, moving a couple times. Yeah. That's pretty much everything on the life stressor (laughs) scale. (laughs) It was everything. And I thought, you know, I'm, I've learned how to handle change. I've been to therapy. I can totally handle this. Yeah, and you have a, a partner to yeah, go through got stuff with. Good and... friends. I've got a great fiance. I've got, you know, amazing family, super supportive. But I just like throughout the engagement, just noticed myself not wanting to be around anyone. Hmm. I was like really tired all the time, just taking really long naps not wanting to go to anything social, not even wanting to go to my own bridal shower. Actually, I have three, so three bridal showers. <laughs> Choose just one. opening Throw all one. the presents in front of people. Um, so I just felt like I was faking my life. Like, I felt like I was being really inauthentic. I felt like I'm just putting on a face for everyone. Hmm. And, you know, and I like planning a lot, so planning a wedding yeah. was fun for me. I was very good at it. Yeah. I thought through everything planned a good wedding. Um, but then as soon as we, we got married, we had a day, which was great to just have a day afterwards before we traveled anywhere. But then we left for our honeymoon the next day. We were supposed to go to Singapore, but on our first flight, which was just from San Diego to San Francisco, I had a huge panic attack Okay, and it was, it was, just a huge one. <laughs> and it was probably an hour long. It was this probably the whole flight. At the hotel or on the flight? On the flight, in the airplane. Wow, okay. So airplanes are usually something that set me off in general. However, it was not, it was bigger than just a normal, I'm a little nervous because of this plane. So what? usually that's what it is. You just kind of like once we're in the air, we can, there's yep. some anxiety. Usually. You, you maintain it. Exactly. What was different about this? This one was different because it was pretty turbulent. And now working through, you know, several months of therapy at this point, going on my honeymoon was the first time in years that I've just relaxed. And then I felt like I'd finished the achievements and had just existed and was finally going to relax. And my body just like let 
all of that pent up anxiety just kind of go to town. Hmm. So it was when, so yeah, that was a big turning point for me. So you're on the plane. Are you having like the same as when you laid down years before and you're just shaking and not, not able to manage thoughts and all that? Totally. It felt like we are for sure going to die. This plane is going down. Okay. I, I feel like I need to escape, but there's no way to escape. So I just, it all comes out through tears and shakiness and like clinging on to Brian as much as I could because I, I just felt so stuck. Wow. And, and so in danger. How long was the flight? It was a little over an hour and basically okay. the whole time. Okay. So it was just a, a commuter flight to LA or a uh, San, Francisco. San Francisco. And then the next one was going to be to Singapore. somewhere. Yeah. Singapore or I think it was to Singapore. And just the thought of being trapped on another flight for that long was overwhelming. And I, but I was convinced like we need to do this. Like we planned a trip, we paid for it. Yeah. We're going. You're a highly responsible person. Highly so. responsible. <laughs> and Brian looks at me and he's like, we don't have to do this. Like we can, we can change our plans. And I was yeah. like, no. Uh-huh. And then like after three times of him saying that, he said, when I finally accepted, I was like, okay, actually like, let's just not, let's just stay in San Francisco. He said my eyes changed and uh-huh. so much of the anxiety diffused just from the fact of knowing like, once we hit the ground, like I'll be safe. Yeah. And I don't have to do this. Oh, for so you're still in the air having hours. this conversation. We're in the air. Okay. And so uh, there was a big sigh of relief. Um, I was still nervous on the plane, but as soon as we landed, I was so relieved that I'd have to get on another plane for 10 hours. Yeah. So we just, you know, made the calls to try to get our bags before they left and cancel as much as we could. It was like hours of just canceling reservations, yeah. but I felt so cared for. Hmm. I felt so thankful that someone cared enough about my safety and prioritized my health over this like really fun, amazing honeymoon trip we had planned. Yeah. And you lose money, you lose time, you lose those things. Totally. And it's not like we have extra money to just like spend on these things right now. Throw it away to (laughs) Singapore. (laughs) Yeah. So, so you're in the air, you're flying, you've, Brian kind of helped you through that to mm-hmm. literally talk you down from, yeah, from that, um, de-escalate and, and you make it to San Francisco. Mm-hmm. Uh, San Francisco's great. You don't, ha- you don't. Or- <laughs> yeah. So at that point we had no plans. Okay. All of our clothes were for the beach in Singapore Yeah. and it was freezing in San Francisco cause it was late November. New wardrobe. So we <laughs> waited until Black Friday and then we okay. went to the mall and got some new clothes. Hmm. But we actually had a really fun time. We just planned one day at a time, found hotels. We did a um, road trip all the way back down the coast to San Diego okay. where we live. Yeah. And um, so we did Sonoma wine tasting. We went to the Monterey Bay Aquarium. We did Disneyland, you yeah. know, Hearst Castle, all these fun things along the coast and just felt so thankful to be on the ground. Hmm. So what, that's almost a year or over a year ago now. No. No. Six months. Six months ago. Yeah, yep. Uh, Less than that. Three months. <laughs> three months ago. Okay. So <laughs> yeah. uh, does that feel like, I mean, it, you enjoyed the honeymoon. It was a diversion mm-hmm. from the plans. Does it yeah. feel like a victory for you or does it feel like... Oh man, no, not yet. I think it will. And in some ways it does. In some ways I celebrate the fact that 
after after so many suggestions from Brian that I did realize it'd be better to stay than to be so panicked the rest of the trip. To push through it and grind. And And then you have to, you know, you have to come back. Exactly. Because that's my go-to. That's my go-to is just push through. It's not about me. Keep going. It doesn't matter how I feel. Um, And so that kind of just like kickstarted this like new wave of a deeper, deeper work in therapy for sure. And a, a med change was Okay. I was ready for a med change too. too. Yeah, definitely yeah. helpful. So what have you done with all that? How do you make sense of it? I know uh, as we talked about this, I'm like, yeah, can you help just discuss how you're, you've had victory over anxiety? Hmm. Um, does it feel like you've had victory over anxiety? or <laughs> Sometimes yes. Well, most of the time no um, because, and I just talked to my therapist yesterday about this, that I feel unable to celebrate, even though since that day I've done so much work and seen so much progress, I still feel like in my mind, the standard of health has not been attained. And so I feel like I've still failed. Yeah. Um, But Brian's been really good about reminding me, hey, remember in December after we got back, like you, you couldn't even hang out with your friends. Like you, you Hmm. just, you couldn't even get out of bed. Like taking a shower was a victory. Yeah. And, um, and now you've, you know, you've done all this therapy. You've been to doctors, you've been a psychiatrist. I've done acupuncture, which has been super, super helpful. Hmm. Um, what's helpful about that? What changes for you? What, mm-hmm. what do you see? So specifically acupuncture. Yeah. Just yeah. as, as you So my understanding of it or how it's really helped me was it was, so how, um, like psychotropic medication works is you just have to, you obviously know this, but it's trial and error. So, and it takes usually four to six weeks to kick in to, yeah. to know if it's working or not. And those like four to six weeks were becoming really hard. And by week five, when I felt like these meds aren't doing anything, I feel like a crazy person. I just want to relax. Yeah. And I knew, you know, I didn't, I didn't really know what to do. And I have, thought of acupuncture and I thought of, you know, I haven't tried that yet. So I I booked an appointment and it was the first time I felt like it was working from the outside in. Like it was working on relaxing my physical body Hmm. that helped relax my brain. Whereas therapy kind of works from the conscious level out to the body. It works from the top down as opposed to the body up. Exactly. So that's kind of been my experience with acupuncture and it's really like every week I go in the, the spots where I hold tension are lighter there. I usually fall asleep during the appointment because I'm so relaxed. Mm. Um, so it's been interesting to f- explore new avenues of anxiety management for sure. Yeah. 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 And so listening to your story and some of this, it, I've been out of touch with you for the last year and a half or so. And so it's so been, weird. I know we get, I'm not good, but it's been, it's interesting to see how it, it anxiety has kind of ebbed and flowed in your story and how it's, uh, how do you conceptualize it? Do you feel like this is Mm -hmm. just something that you'll manage or is it something you'll, um, Hmm. that you, you can kind of master it and it, it will fade to the background or. It's so interesting to like categorize or whatever. Some people have asked me like, do you think this is more medical? Do you think this is spiritual? Do you think it's emotional? And I'm like, oh, it's it's all of those yeah, things. It's, it's, all it's, it touches everything. Yeah. Um, and 
I really see it as that. I see it as a combination of there's a buildup of shame in my life from things I've believed about myself because of what I've, how I've interpreted um, Christianity. There is this habit of mine to go, 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 achieve, do everything, be perfect that is unattainable. Um, and that has not helped the anxiety. And so it's kind of this thing that in order to live uh, a good life, I guess I'm having to learn how to, I, I guess I'm learning how to unlearn unhelpful habits and replace them with truth, replace my habit of overdoing um, with learning what my capacity is. And while it still may be higher than an average person, it's, it's not unlimited. Yeah. And it's, those things are hard because you, I mean, as you talk about your life, you have a long season of busyness worked. Totally. It actually, it helped. It, it mm-hmm. kind of numbed the anxiety or, yes. or yeah, and satiated all, it in some way. But Yeah. And they were socially acceptable things and good things even. That's the hard part. That I was rewarded get, for. Yeah, you get <laughs> perks for like, oh, you're a straight A student. Totally. You're an ASB president. You're mm-hmm. on the volleyball team and, and so mm-hmm. all those things play into okay I'm, I'm getting it right yeah getting good feedback yeah. making a lot of friends you know saying yes to everyone it people is like that it's interesting for you that it's in those in those in-betweens where mm-hmm. you're not able to achieve not able to use those tools that it kind of sneaks up on you definitely um so what's what does rest look like for you i'm totally learning that still i when my therapist first told me like you need to work on resting like she said what do you do for fun I, I didn't have any answer <laughs> I was yeah. like uh do things like yeah. I, I just I like to work like check I check off I, my list and exactly yeah. even if it's fun things I like to make lists and whatever but I'm kind of relearning um what that means and I guess it's just that I'm still learning I think these days it's been allowing myself to sleep in a little bit and yeah kind of have a more natural start to the day. I have the freedom of doing that in my work because it's like self-managed schedule. And yeah. so that's been really helpful. Um, but really it's, I think the strategy that I've been going for is kind of like take everything out. Cause I had no capacity for anything for quite a few weeks at the beginning of this, yeah. but I'm slowly reintegrating different activities. So, you know, next week our small group starts up, again. And I'm finally feeling like, okay, I could actually like go to this and be fine um, and enjoy it. So the gift in having to go offline completely is you kind of hit the reset button and and add back in what's, what is manageable at a different level. Exactly. And, and, you know, even with, we hosted for the first time, um, we've had to cancel, we've planned on hosting before, but had to cancel because of my mental health. Um, but we finally hosted on Valentine's day and I, the limit was okay. People have to leave at ten. Like yeah. I, I need to have an end time, out. <laughs> and I'm Brian not gonna feel bad about it. Door. Like, it, you know, I'm like okay, everyone, it's time to go. Um, which, you know, isn't ideal. Um, we would love to have people stay whenever and linger and be hospitable in that way. But I knew that if they stayed later than that, then I was gonna start to feel trapped. That I'd probably panic 
and yeah. that it would probably influence and take the rest of the whole next day to recover. Yeah. Which seems, in my mind, ridiculous. I would, and I would have been really mean to myself in the past about that. Hmm. Like, you can't even do this. You can't hang. Yeah. You can't have people hang out at your house. Yeah, that seems... You're the worst. For, so for you, it seems <laughs> just a basic, like, everybody should be able to totally. do that. And, yes, everyone yeah. should be able to do that. That should be no problem. Um, Was that a big... It sounds like that's been a big change for you in just giving yourself grace in, in your in your thoughts and those um, scripts that you run in your head or the, mm-hmm. the dialogue you run in your head Definitely. Um, or chitter chatter, as some people say, that just being aware of that and not buying into it. Oh, yeah. I'm so mean to myself huh. and I'm not mean to anyone. Like, I'm really nice yeah. to everyone else. Yeah, you I'm offer a lot of grace terrible to Terrible to myself. So that's been, it's, it definitely, that is the part where I'm, I'm learning to see God differently and Hmm. realizing that I really haven't believed that I'm loved and that no, like that God doesn't care about my accomplishments, that, that he would love me regardless. Like that's where I, I see it, but it's, it's so hard to let it actually touch my daily life and decisions. The church, growing up in the church, it's a, in my own experience, as well as others, it's really challenging to not buy into if I'm a good boy or a good mm-hmm. girl, then God loves me. And if I'm not, then, you know, I'm a sinner and oh, he totally. hates me. Letting go of that. I mean, we both worked with college students for a while and that's the, uh, that's a fun season of life because you get to take that lens off and mm-hmm. be like, no, God still loves you. He cares about you, whether you are doing what he wants or not. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and it's, yeah. And so just that offer, that ability changes your, your, um, understanding of God, which then, oh, he, he still cares about me. So mm-hmm. I can care about me like that. And I don't have to. That is the know, huge part. I you know. have not felt like I deserve the care that I offer to others hmm. or the care of other people. Yeah. So especially being married now, like only three months in, I feel like I tell Brian so much. I'm like, I definitely got the better end of this deal. Like you've had to take care of me so much. Oh, and it'll come around. <laughs> that's what everyone <laughs> says. I'm like, all right, just wait till it's your turn. Yeah. But like he, you know, he gave up our, our honeymoon trip and was so kind through all of it. And yeah. has continued to, you know, for a month, I probably didn't do any chores around the house because I had, I couldn't even get out of bed. It was yeah. like, okay, you're doing everything. Hmm. And that killed me to oh yeah to cause... watch him clean up my messes. Hmm. That was terrible, um, and so humbling. Yeah. As we wrap up, if if you were, I, I love that you're. I mean, you've been in this season of reflecting back on your life and kind of breaking through these things that have kind of been go-to things for you, uh, mm-hmm. strategies for you. What, what advice would you give your junior high self? What advice would oh. you give your college self? Uh, well, what I'm learning to do now, um, which seemed anti-biblical almost as a kid, was to slow down enough to actually feel your feelings and mm. let, you know, reflect on them and and even feel what your body physically is saying. Like, I've had headaches for so many years of my life, or I've had, you know, stomach problems, and I never thought of those as being connected to anything. I yeah. just kind of, 
oh, bummer, this hurts, this hurts, this hurts. But usually I see now that those things are connected to our capacity. They're connected to what we think about ourselves, what we think about, you know, what we're doing. And yeah, yeah, that mind, body, spirit connection is, there was a season that I had some anxiety and I remember I would, I would get a knot in my stomach and it would Mm -hmm. just sit there. And then I wasn't anxious. I had dealt with the anxiety and the situation Mm -hmm. that was creating anxiety but then I ate, like, I think I had a carne asada burrito or whatever. And it, <laughs> I felt that. And then I got anxious. Like, it induced mm, that feeling in my stomach, induced all forth. this anxiety. And I'm like, oh, Definitely. okay. Yeah. I'm not actually worried about anything. I just have a stomach ache. But it feels, your totally. body knows that. And it, um, yeah, it's fascinating stuff. Yeah, I've had to cut out caffeine in the last few months. I've cut out most of the sugar. Hmm. Um, but, yeah, making a lot of physical changes has been really helpful, too. Closing thoughts? One thing I've just been thinking about this week is that as much as I, you know, wish I could have addressed this before marriage or could have addressed these things last time, I realize, you know, I wasn't ready until now to do these things. And so there isn't this, like, the shame of, well, why didn't I get this together before? It's because I wasn't ready to. And I think there is some rhythm to our lives and bodies and everything that, and God, like the spirit in us will bring things up when it's time Hmm. to work through them. And so it's easy to feel like mad at my old self. Like, why didn't you see this? This is pretty obvious. Um, but I think we all just have to live for the most part, just live our own journey and, and see God work in different ways through it. Yeah. And I love the idea of, as we grow of, oh, I'm back to square one. I had another mm-hmm. panic attack or I'm, I'm struggling with this. I'm back to square one. But in reality, it's more of a, a circular thing where mm-hmm. you're dealing with it, but it's at a much deeper level. And you may be triggered by stuff, but you, mm-hmm. you have other tools to work with it. And as that opens up, there's always going to be the struggle of like, oh, what do I do with this? This doesn't mm-hmm. feel good in the moment. But then you get to work through that and and be free of some of that stuff. So even, I, I think my issues are going to be my issues for life, mm-hmm. but, I, but I don't have to be bound by them. You know, I can have vic- victory in those issues from day to day. Absolutely. Which is cool. It's a cool place. I, I like that you're, you don't have it all figured out and have all the answers right now. I don't. I wish yeah. I could tell you all the answers. Yeah. <laughs> you've, given us, you've given us most of them. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Well, thank you for spending time with me. Of course. For speaking to this. Uh, if people want to reach out to you, how can they get a hold of you? Oh, man. Um... Probably the best way would be email um, or Instagram. My name is spelled a little bit differently, so it's Mackenzie, M-C-K-E-N-S-E-Y, at capstonedirect.com, or at Mackenzie underdash McGill on Instagram. All right. Not many of those. I know. Seriously. All right. Thank you so much, and we'll talk to you later. See ya.